Welcome to the writer's block. I'm Todd, and that's HD Andy over here. <laughs> and uh, today we're going to talk about writing again <laughs> for the 23rd time. This is episode 23 of our first series of episodes. So, yeah. So, uh, we just have a couple of like random uh, questions we're going to kind of talk about today answer provide I'll, our... I'll start off first all right hd andy has the first question of the evening okay what's it like being in recording in space i'm just curious well uh two things not much oxygen and a lot of radiation i don't think i'll survive long i think i'd rather be at a beach if i'm being honest with you you know i can i can kind of imagine now the the, the wind of the beach and the, the palm fronds you know, gusting back and forth and the waves crashing on the shore. Hey, look at that. <laughs> that beach. How did I get there? I just fell right out of the sky. Uh, at least I won't die now. That's how, true. How's it, how's it like being in a much more high-definition version of your room? I, I, I'm I still aghast on how clear this picture is. <laughs> you can actually see my cat now. Like, yeah. for real, for real. So... We're going to ignore him as much as possible today. <laughs> yeah, well, Sully is the real star of the show. We're uh-huh. really background character. You know, it's like family matters. You know, Steve Urkel wasn't the main character, but he kind of was. He kind of was. If you've ever wasn't seen that consi- I have. He, is, he was never considered a main character in that. I I he wasn't even that. in the first seasons, if I remember correctly. Oh, it's just about huh. the you know, there's the, the guy that played the cop, and there's just there's his family. And then Steve Urkel was like a supporting character, but he was very well received. Kind of, I actually have a, a Steve Urkel uh, figure. Maybe on the next episode, I'll I'll prop him up behind me or something. You know, did I do that? Hmm. When you when you come back from the beach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm probably gonna come back pretty soon. I want to head up north. You know, I've always wanted to see those. Uh, those lights in the sky, what, what do they call them? The, the northern lights? Northern lights. Oh, shoot. Dang, that, that's pretty cool. I was going to say, it would stink for all these people listening on Spotify right now not to see what's going on. But yeah. after you told me today's uh, uh, stats <laughs> on the listeners of Spotify, I don't think I'm too concerned. Well, I wasn't going to brag about this but uh, or about that, but yeah, there's nobody watching on Spotify or listening for that matter. But um, yeah, um, hopefully... This is actually showing up too on the final video because it's always possible that all of these backgrounds are like copyrighted and they won't actually be saved. And I don't know, that would really suck. That would be but, interesting because then my initial question would be to have no, make no sense. There would be no context yeah. at all. Yeah, that would be pretty unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It's probably best that that doesn't happen, you know? So <laughs> I guess it's a, uh, it's good. Back to Earth and, uh, you know, talk about uh, writing, shall we? We shall. Okay, well, would you like to ask the, make the first question? Well, well, no, I already asked my first question. I think it's your turn now. All right. Well, so here's a, a topic that I thought was really interesting, or a question that I thought was really interesting. So, obviously, uh, as far as I know, we're both men. So, uh, how... Is it, how do you feel, or how do you, I guess, write for the opposite gender? You know, when you're writing for the character of 
a non-male? How uh, do you go through any particular process of creating the dialogue or creating the character themselves or building the background? Is there anyone that you base them off of? Or do you have a process <laughs> at all? Or you just kind of like wing it and kind of not really think about it too much? Uh, I think for me, I think I, I wing it because I don't have a lot of, well, I mean, I haven't really constructed my novel enough to where I use a lot of dialogue with, with the female characters that are in it, but I don't, I, I, they're mostly I'm trying to think first person and, or from the, uh, or from third person view. So I don't, I don't really think I've ever really dove or thought about it, to be honest with you. So that, that question stumping me now as I'm trying to go back and think about all the, okay, no, there's one. So Rue, we bring this up, we bring that uh, story up almost every episode, but that's in the, per, it's the point of view of a female, but there's not a lot of context, like not of, uh, not a lot of, <clears throat> sorry, uh, talking in that. I think it's more of just storytelling. So I don't, I don't really think about it as much as I probably should. I don't know if I probably, I don't know if I would, what I would do. What about what, yeah, what about the be? interactions you've worked on with your book thus far? Um, there's female officers or yeah, deputies, right? And yeah, there's, there's one. Interactions. There's interaction and she's, the, I think so far what I have, which is not a lot and it's March 4th and it was supposed to be done by now. But I digress. Um, there's a banter going back and forth where she's like the adult figure in the like I think I've described this before with herself and the other deputy that she's kind of like taking under her wing, so to speak. But there's not I haven't really written those scenes out. I have them outlined, but I don't I haven't thought about it that in that way yet. Um and then as of late there has been um a lot of second person and then oh well in my time series there was first person from the female point of view but there wasn't a process there yeah it was like at all it was just kind of a storytelling idea and then in the story that by the time this airs has been dropped already this new short story there's a little blip of like a first person view from a female perspective, but it's like three sentences and it's the end of the story. So after all that, I can't, I don't think there was a lot of context in my blambing for the last five minutes, but <laughs> that's, that's all I got. That's a, that's a good question. That's a very good question that I haven't really thought about. I mean, have you, do you take a lot of dialogue and stuff? or into consideration or like prepping um let me think about it so a lot of the dialogue that i use i think i touched on this in a previous episode where i talked about how i I listened to a lot of conversations going on around me and i kind of like tucked them away into like a, a memory bank of dialogue options for characters to use in books and so a lot of the female characters that i have i they're they're based off of people I know, or they're not like 100%, but they're kind of like their characters themselves are somewhat based off of people I know, or they're 
uh, based off of other characters or something like that. You know, there, there's some kind of, I guess, I don't know, some kind of root in the real world. And then uh, some of the, like the dialogue usually kind of stems from that, I guess. Um, I don't really do a whole lot of research. Well, now that you say that, um, I've definitely used quotes from my mother in short stories that have made yeah. it. That's <laughs> yeah. for sure. So that's, I think that's the most outside research that I've used. And that's just from memory. Yeah. So I, got, I have used a couple, uh, there are a couple characters that are somewhat based off of my mom. There's um, some characters that are like, like loosely based off of my sister in a very, very indirect way. You know, like you would never know it if you were reading the story, but I might've started off with like her, you know, my sister and then kind of built on that with different characteristics, different life experiences. And then that kind of shapes some of their dialogue and some of their future relationships or future growth or development. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's, like for me, it's not any more difficult writing a like female perspective as opposed to a male perspective. Like it's just like in some instances, there's like slight differences or there's other things to take into consideration while you're writing. But overall, it's uh, not yeah. The, I was gonna say I don't I wouldn't foresee it being that difficult. I feel like it's other than like the slight differences, like you said. I, I think, think it, there are things that like I might not be taking into consideration that might be worth taking into consideration that I, yeah. you know, just don't know about. But yeah, it's because you you have authors that uh, take like they do first person or third person from the, the different gender, and then like the opposite gender of that their own, and then right through it like it's like it's nothing. So I'd yeah. it would be interesting to ask how they, if they have a process where they just pretend like it's themselves, you know, that could be, in a, you know, they're writing like they're themselves, but in a different yeah. like, version of them. I do think that like a big portion of it is just experiencing the world around you. Cause you can, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's easier to craft a character if you have a large base of interactions to choose from, you know, like you've got all these people you've interacted with or people that you've listened talked to or whatever, and you can, you know, use that information, that knowledge and experience to craft characters from those inspirations, I feel like. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it works for everyone. So that's a, it's a question worth asking the entire world. All of Earth, one might say. And they could leave a comment below or be a guest on our podcast. It's one of the two. There is always room for guests. We have this entire planet, after all, to, to do this upon. But, uh, yeah, so uh, well, that's, that was my question. What is your question, Mr. Uh, H.D. Well, Andy? Is that what you're going to call me from now on? Uh, just for the next three or four weeks, yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Um, <laughs> I guess one, one of the questions that I found is, What's the process that we take to, into brainstorming story ideas? That's a good question. That's that's off to you first there, Skipper. <laughs> so 
what's the brainstorm process of making a story? Yeah, for for us, yeah. Like to come up. Do with we have? Do, do you? Yeah, like a storyline or a character development or any sort of. Well, I mean, anything. like so story ideas. As odd as this might sound, they just pop into my head at random moments, mm-hmm. and then over time I develop them and then craft a story out of that. Sometimes it could take days to develop it into a full-length story. Sometimes it could take years. I mean, I've got this fantasy series I've been working on for eight years now, I feel like, which probably will get made someday, but, you know, I don't know. Um, So I don't know if that answers your question or not, but it's... uh, I have a similar answer. Like, I just kind of come up with stuff like through like this new story that by this point has dropped i pretty sure i we were either off camera talking about it like prepping for the show or it was during the episode and i was like huh it just popped in my head i wrote it down and then i spat out 10 pages <laughs> well yeah so uh, yeah i guess like same yeah the same for me applies to short stories too i would say i get i'll just suddenly have an idea and I'll, I'll write it down on a, on a slip of paper, you know, and then try to write it whenever I can and, you know, build upon that. And then sometimes I'll, I'll see if I can knock out, you know, additional sequels to it, you know, even if they're only four or five pages, like I have two short story collections I've put out recently. One deals with this sort of apocalyptic event and the world has to kind of decide on what to do next to try to mitigate disaster. And, you know, lo and behold, they, they choose the wrong choice. And so it's like five stories, five you know short stories about it. it starts off with looking forward beyond 2049. And then the, the last one was the, uh, the, the dusk of human empire. So, you know, certainly a, a pause ends on a positive note as it can, as it can hear. Uh, it's actually it was a neat series that all started off with a uh, school project. I had to write a utopian short story, and I will end up having to write a dystopian short story uh, at sometime later this month, I think, maybe early April. Uh, do you plan on releasing those stories to the public? Yeah, yeah always. If I think they're worth it, I mean, it's very different you know because these are creative short stories but they're mm-hmm. you know they're being essays, essentially yeah so it's yeah. really weird the creative aspect is i've never seen that in a you know university level course before so it's kind of cool in a university level course it's not creative writing or english right or what have i was gonna say i took a lot of those classes <laughs> yeah but they're I mean, all english based this is a class on dystopian political thought so it's you know you would expect to be comparing and contrasting the the worlds of Aldous Huxley and uh, Orwell, whatever his name was, George. Oh, his George. name wasn't even George Orwell. It was actually something else. George. It was a uh, pen name. I forget his first. His original name was something. Poor guy died of tuberculosis. Just like two years after 1984 came out. Didn't get to really enjoy those... Uh, those Those prime years but you know such is the way i had an interesting life worth looking into if you uh enjoy his 
is it works. But uh, so yeah, there's another short story collection that I did that was. I started off with a, a story called "The Patriot and the Other," and it was kind of kicked off by this. Uh, uh, it's political. It was political. This guy named Rick Scott, great senator from the state of Florida. Uh, yeah, uh, he he released this uh, plan of action, I guess, and it was very like reading through it. it just, kind of gave me a lot of dystopic dystopic vibes you know um you know what kind of education should be taught you know a, a mandatory pledge of allegiance all these kind of like culture war issues that are that people don't really that people care about but it doesn't really affect them you know i don't want to get too deep into politics i know hd andy's not a big fan but oh, i don't but this, this whole story got me to write this you know basically as a, as a four or five page speech by somebody basically doing the same thing, you know, saying it was you know, mandatory uh, pledge of allegiance for the this great nation every single day, and uh, history is going to be taught as it should be in a way that you know exemplifies the, uh, uh, the the great accomplishments of the country. I don't ever like name drop anyone or even name drop the country. I just kind of left it as it is, so it's kind of applicable to where everyone plays it. But that kind of was going to start. A sort of back and forth series but then uh you know the beginnings of world war three broke out and kind of ended that series because then that gave me an idea for a different story but yeah story ideas that just kind of pop in my head so yeah so you could say like you're not you don't look far forward like if you think of if you have this like for me my time series it once i realized it was going to be yeah i would say most of my short stories that i've released were ideas that popped in my head the previous day you know like it was okay it was like it was an idea wrote it down and then the very next day once i had a, a chance to write it out write it out yeah sorry uh, grandma dropped off food anyway <laughs> I'll look uh, my time series anyway after i realized it was going to be more than just the three that i had I guess thought about um, it just went time like after I think when you and I talked about it and gave me ideas for the next two after uh, the third short story I can't remember the title and then after that I would I didn't write anything for a while and then I came back and I was like oh this would work and then I did two more and then that was it like I don't have a well planned out like oh. Yeah written on my calendar like oh this is or in a book or a whiteboard like oh this is how this entire series is gonna work and here's yeah. the end game blah 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 it'd be interesting to try and do that but yeah, it would be could. tough too because now you're so focused on the overall end goal i can i think that's one of my issues with my novel even it's like i i have this very specific ending that i want to create and make like as perfect as humanly possible now i have to work up to getting to that point and that's realizing that it's kind of tough to do yeah i mean short stories are a little bit different than full-length novels for me but most of my short stories 
I, when I make one, I don't always intend on making another one, but the door is always open for all. Like there was the series that I put out in December where it was like, it was a really depressing series. I kind of stopped making them. Then I said, maybe another one like two or three days ago. I think it actually just dropped on my website. Although there's a more positive, you know, addition to that series, but you know, and so it was also kind of a, a, a more final note to the series of short stories that I, and that are all interconnected there. So like, I theoretically could add more to it, but it's only if was I feel the, like it's necessary. What? Was it the best friend one? I'm trying to think if I read it or not. It was short. Yeah. Well, there are four of them that came out. One, uh, the first one was called season unending. Yeah. Guy had depression. Okay. Yeah. No, I remember that one. Yeah. Okay. okay. Maybe like, I did read like yeah, no, I did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Thoughts. Yep. Yep. And uh, got it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get. I don't want you to give it away. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I honestly don't know if anyone actually reads them, so it's like, uh, I, I, I write them because I enjoy writing them. Yeah. Nobody reads reads them. Like that's not gonna stop me from making more. But if people do read them, then cool. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, if. Uh, I have a new uh, integrated blog, whatever, on my website since uh, the website domain, well, the, the website builder I use, it's a company called GoDaddy. Great name for a company. Their internal blog stopped working. And I don't know why. And I was using that blog to put out short stories or updates or excerpts from the books I'm working on. So I, I now have a Wix account, which is integrated. I mean, it, yes. nothing like if you if you have been looking at my website for short for short stories, nothing really changed. It's just that instead of like when you click on the article or when you click on the, the post now, it'll take you directly to the Wix page as opposed to you know expanding it within the website itself. So nothing too. That's nice. a good. That's a good thing to know because when you first sent me your Wix website, I typed in the domain name like. 16 times and it said this doesn't exist this doesn't exist and I, was like, I don't i don't understand so i went to your old website and then did what you just explained I was like, oh that's some high tech stuff i mean it should still exist on its own i think mm -mm. technically i mean it i might have said uh, I, I could send you a link later see if i can figure it out um like it, it's I know still, well, the link you sent me initially that i could go i think I, it worked but when i if you wanted to type in oh you know, yeah, yeah. type it in in Google, that doesn't work, even I, if you type I, in. I only use the website for the, the blog functions. There's no other links to it. I don't really want to promote that particular website, I, you know, because I want my, you know, tidebuyer.com to be the, the, the core, the, the staple yeah. of my, my brand, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, but it's, yeah, it works out pretty well so far, so. And I can actually see uh, if people read articles now, as opposed to mm -hmm. just simply website visits, which people have been going to the website. I think I've, I've averaged like roughly 30 views a month, but I'm sure some of those are me because I, I click on it every once in a while just to see what it looks like. Not from my web, web builder page, you know, but yeah. I think you can also leave comments on Wix. So yes, you can. The, the comments system on the GoDaddy blog thing was shut down in November. So uh, 
yeah, finally people can tell me if my crap sucks. Or if it's they don't you know, have, moderately okay, they but just not quite their cup of tea. So <laughs> whatever kind of comment you want to leave, it's uh, there if you want to do it. And I don't, uh, I'll probably respond. I don't even I don't even get those. I don't even get comments, bad comments. I just am like, okay, that's it. Yeah. But I still ask every single time I put like the new notification, like, hey, there's a new story. Please critique. I don't even say leave a nice comment. I just like, please critique it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. Writing short stories, I haven't really, I mean, this, the short stories I write are very short. I mean, five or six pages. I usually don't go beyond 10. So it's, short like emphasis on the short you know so i i, I write them because i enjoy them I yeah. an, even if it's a page long i wrote a short page long story about this couple that was uh they were inside a building and there's a horrible tornado coming through and it, it was something that i just thought of while watching a video of uh it was a, some kind of it was this like constant loop of a wailing siren that you would hear if there was a tornado coming and um it was it was very like like it wasn't inherently a dark video it was just this, these clouds this tornado and then the siren going on for like an hour nothing really else happening and it just kind of got me thinking of this couple trying to serve trying to survive this tornado you know the lights going out things flying around the windows shattering and the constant wailing of the siren and the rain and the hail and um, just put it together in a really, really short, short story, and it was pretty good. And I enjoyed it. I even actually I took the the title of it from a a comment to that video. Somebody was like, they were like, this should be called the, the blissful depart because part of the what had what some people had thought was that uh, you know people were dying <laughs> in this situation. So yeah, I don't know. They just come to me, short stories, and yeah. then I throw them on the internet. Uh, that's pretty much how I am too. It's just you see something like, "Oh, this would work," or you experience something, "Oh, this will work," but I never divulge which I witness and which I've experienced because that's a compromise of privacy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think nowadays most of the stuff that I write is. Uh, all fictional not really based on anything any like real life and not any like personal events it's yeah. just stuff that kind of pops into my head my imagination a little hyperactive sometimes never a bad thing that's why we write to get it all on paper true for the Very world true. to see sort of kind of for anyone who wants to see it well for anyone even who even knows about it i mean i yeah. i don't really ever um, market any of my stuff so but I, I kind of i do plan on like changing that up a bit when i finally get my climate dystopia book completed like that's going to be the first book that i ever actually try to shop around to a genuine publisher that one that one's going to be my my uh, you know my staple my uh, i don't know whatever the right word is that describes it Best thing I've bread, ever made. <laughs> bread and butter. It's going to be your bread and butter. It's going to be the the one that gets you over the edge. And having you kick me off as a co-host to have someone more famous. <laughs> sure. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, if I'm lucky, it'll it'll be good. But so I'm taking a, a year off of school. I'm going to focus on that book the entire time. Doing all the research, doing all the world building, doing all the, the outlining, the world crafting, and it's, it's a whole lot to do. I also have to narrow down exactly what the themes are, and the main concepts behind the book, and the message. But I still have another book to write before I do that one. So kind of busy. And I'm working on this culture war series on my main channel. So that's another thing. And I'm still in school. So yeah, a little, a little busy these days. Yeah, I was going to say you're kind of busy now. I and mighty Mr. Busy here. Yeah. <laughs> Sucks to suck. Yeah. Yeah. I'll ask another question just to, since we're kind of talking about it. What does literary success look like to you? Of being able to live off of my writing, I guess. I mean, honestly, I think success would be having any kind of following at all, having any genuine fans that genuinely get excited when they see me tweet out about a new story or a new book. We're like, wow, I like the way this person writes and I want to read more from them. That would be, that would be success. I'd probably have to agree like on that one. If I had, if I could have one book that like hits and it's like, Oh, can you sign this for me? Or just have like one little yeah. small, like pop up book signing at a bookstore or a coffee shop or something. Nothing like, Oh, I, it's a hundred dollars, you know, for, for, you know, a hundred dollars an autograph is something. Yeah. And then like you said too, if I put out there a new story and, and it was at the beginning of my website, it was kind of like that. It was like still the, the honeymoon phase, I guess you could call it, where people were looking at like all these short stories and then. Yeah, well, that's why I dipped. specify genuine fans. Genuine yeah. fans will come back as opposed mm -hmm. to people that are like, hey, I'm helping out a friend. Yeah. And I'm just trying to support them. I don't really care about the stuff, but I just want to yeah. leave a like, watch 10 seconds or read 10 seconds of it. Just, you know, you know give it a little heart. You know, that's. To me, it's like great this, and all, but yeah. it doesn't help us. It I mean, doesn't it, help it's, me. It's yeah, I think it's you know, it's not. Uh, it, yeah, yeah. I want because you know, it, yeah. <laughs> if you if you do like the heart and like or read you, so you th for me, I don't see who reads it. It's just unless you create, you become a member or whatever, a Wix member or an account i don't see who reads it i just see where they're from so if this person happens to like it i don't know if they've read the whole thing 10 seconds none of it they're just liking it just to like it yeah so that's why comments are more and more important as time goes on because then i understand who's writing it or who what where it's coming from and why you're actually reading it and if you point out specific details from what i have written then it proves that you read the whole thing mm -hmm which then helps me create a new story to, and then like kind of use or keep in the back of my head of what people, what you have said. Yeah. That I, would help literally. That would be success right there. Yeah. Like I, if some 
a certain kind of feedback would be cool. Like, hey, you know, uh, your, your dialogue doesn't seem natural. It doesn't seem like it flows like a genuine conversation would have. Or, hey, this isn't entirely correct. That, that would be kind of neat. But it's mostly just, you know, like it would be cool to have a genuine following of people that are like, yeah, you, you bring a particular voice that I haven't seen before. Or you have a particular perspective. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, like I don't even have any authors that I can think of that I have that kind of, um, I guess, support for. You know, like I've read a lot of books, but there's not like one author that I always go back to. I mean, so yeah, like I mean, I had someone kind of like describe my writing style, or, <clears throat> excuse me, style, kind of like James Patterson's, like it, it's detailed, but it's not overdrawn out like scenes and whatever so i thought that was pretty cool that was that was in the beginning so i thought that was pretty cool like that was a genuine critique sometimes if i send my short stories out to people there's one or two people and they read it they're like you missed a period you missed a comma like short stuff i don't and i'm like okay that's fine yeah i'll fix it and just throw it out there for other for everybody else which i'm not saying it's it doesn't help me it does help me but I, I need think, more sometimes. I think the best thing that like, just like, you know, like, you know, obviously like the, the, the views and the likes, like they're, they're helpful. I think the, the most helpful thing would be uh, spreading the work, you know, like if you know, like a retweet or a, a repost or uh, trying to get other people to see the work who might be interested in, you know, like something I've, that I need to do is drop off like physical copies of my books at local bookstores, you know, just to try to get more stuff out there, get a, get a review or something like that, you know. <laughs> I got my, my chair is not exactly visible. Um, yeah, uh, but you know, obviously, like trying to like make it as a writer's, you know, pie in the sky kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. Someday it might take off. Someday it might not. Uh, but I mean, I couldn't just not do it. Yeah, I same. I like. Yeah, I, I don't. I could lose my. I have lost my doing it. Technically, I'll keep doing it. Yeah, I haven't. Um, yeah, I, I because I was doing it even before I had my website. So it wasn't like I was waiting until all of a sudden I created all this stuff for my website. You know what I mean? I went yeah. to school for it too. And I had, that was way before I even knew I was going to create one. So thinking that I was going to have some big, you know, successful novel in the making, but I can't, I, it's crazy to think that um, how my personal downtime would be if i didn't have writing i don't know what i would do yeah i mean i don't actually spend that much time writing like if i spent if i focus like this is why i'm kind of excited for not being in school is if i have if i had that much extra time to focus on writing i think that i could accomplish quite a bit like i always thought that if i weren't in school i could knock out at least two novels a year and but, you know, obviously, like, like it's hard. I, I, won't, I won't be in a position to do that until I'm probably in my 30s, which isn't that far away. But, <laughs> um, 
you know, until I get there, I'm just going to keep doing what I can do. And short stories has arguably been the best way to move forward with that. Cause I've still made some really good stories. I thought that I think, you know, I'm a little biased, but I, I've made some pretty good short stories without having to do much, you know, I, I, like I do some, usually a lot of the stories that I, the short stories are kind of like a product of research that I'm doing that are, it's unrelated to it. You know, like learning about dystopias in my dystopian class is pretty much made me want to write dystopias for quite some time because there's a lot of content in our current world that would make for great dystopian stories. And so, you know, all that together, it just, you know, it produces story ideas in my head damn near every day. So I got a folder full of papers that just say, you know, it's got a, a story idea. Sometimes if I, if I have a, a title in mind, I'll write that on there too. You know, like the, the Patriot and the other, yeah, that one was the whole point of the title is supposed to be, it's supposed to show the separation between like a true Patriot of, of the, you know, great nation. And then that other person, you know, this disconnected lesser person who has more degenerative personality traits or characteristics, you know, this is outcast you know, to be looked down upon. That's the kind of the whole perspective of that title. It's supposed to say a lot. Uh, and it kind of harkens back to um, old colonial stuff that I've read about, about, uh, you know, civilized races and then the others, you know, there's the European settlers and then those other savages were incapable of any sort of civilization and are barbaric and savage in every way you know it's kind of that same sort of dichotomy but in a different setting with different people and a little bit interconnected to modern day politics in which some politicians are trying to dehumanize entire groups of people and it makes for a really good short story that actually is kind of scary considering how true it could be or uh -huh. is. And I guess my, my short story is a bit more dramatic, but if you read it, it doesn't sound like anything that's too far-fetched for any particular politician in a particular party in the United States to suggest. So, yeah. If you like any of that stuff, you're going to love this dystopian novel when it comes out. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. There you go. That's, and I lean towards drowning people with <laughs> cement <plots. laughs> I, I thought you were, I thought you were just gonna say I, I lean towards drowning and then just end it there <laughs> like that's, jinkies uh, that's a big jinkies yeah no I think I need to <laughs> well place cinder blocks yeah uh, I need to with my short stories I think I need to revert back to the crime genre and I, I think that might actually like get the wheels turning for my novel a little bit more because yeah. I've been doing all these, I mean, that whole time series was just, you were drunk and sad. <laughs> yeah. And then this last one, it was the first person perspective, but from, I don't want to give it away yet because uh, I mean, people you know, might not have read it. It's already been dropped. It would have been yeah. dropped by the time this episode drops, airs, but you might not know it. You might not see it. So this is the first announcement that it will be here. So I want you to read it. No kidding. All right. Well, I was going to say something. You already did. I think you gave it away. No, People might no, have I was, to. I was going to oh. say something about uh, 
I was going to suggest, if I do your novel, I was going to suggest that you watch some, like, serial killer movies, you know? Yeah, I'm going to have to get back into Criminal Minds again. Criminal Minds, uh, Law and Order, probably get back into that. Uh, like, you should, like, I mean, I don't know, it's just something that I would love to see, but you should try to make this serial killer the most, like, likable person as possible like you should make the novel the people the person watching reading the novel like you should want them to be like man this is a nice guy he wouldn't just you know well, i kind of have that in the back of my head like he's a like in his little um blip that i created almost two years ago now yeah um make him like a church member he, who does like he, sir, uh like yeah, well no it's services. that's how it is is he's very likable he wouldn't it, they would know you would never suspect suspect <clears throat> suspect god i can't talk today you expect somebody like him to do such a thing but that's but I hate- the only the only issue with that is is that that's kind of a cliche too because if you notice if you watch crime episodes like i can depict one crime criminal minds episode this guy who was very likable in this develop community development was going and killing the wives around there and people including his own and you would never expect it until they figured it out i can't remember what his reasoning behind it because i hadn't watched it in a while but you know, i i guess like I, I don't like stereotypically evil bad guys you know that they're they're only evil for the sake of being evil i i, I think it's even if i don't I, I hesitate to say it's cliche to say that there should be some kind of logical reasoning behind what they do i mean I th- okay i guess if you're a serial killer maybe you don't have logical their, reasoning but in their head it's logical like th- if you yeah. read the prologue read the prologue it said specifically says like he's ridding the evil of the world and that's why god created murder is for people like him to rid the evil of the world and yeah. get back to what so he's gonna be like a hyper-religious kind of person then no i no i think that was just it was just a quick mentioned i don't even know if i actually put god i think that's it could have been just uh satan you know you know it could have just been uh caught through context clues that he was just that's what he thought or it just said something like it was it's not going to be hyper religious you could have him be like a, a lot of a those pagan too. worshiper he's like trying to please some weird pagan god from the old countries you know and it requires sacrifices no, this guy, he's killing these people because it reminds him of somebody. Uh, that is also that is also written in the prologue, which doesn't sound like you have written or you have read my prologue. <laughs> I have. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I, I forget a lot of stuff. Uh, man. So, no, even, I'm just kidding. I can't even remember kidding. half of what I write. Yeah. But, but I think I need to start. Well, like I said, I've been trying to read more. Some days it works, other days it just doesn't work because I'm ex- like I know I know if I start reading I'm gonna fall asleep in like five minutes so it's like there's no point because I'm gonna have to reread those five pages anyway. Fair enough. But, yeah, probably leaning towards TV and movies would probably help. Or yeah. LA Noir if I ever want to turn on my Xbox again. Yeah, I, I think I, don't know, I always I always think stories where. You can 
if you can kind of relate to the bad guy or if you can sympathize with the bad guy, it makes the story more compelling. Like I just keep thinking back to Breaking Bad, which it is kind of old. Well, yeah, really good. I mean, they take this like really dorky, kind-hearted chemistry teacher and turn him into a meth-making drug emperor who, you know, gets family and friends killed and he's psychotic. You know, like he goes, it's, it is such a character arc that I have never seen before, nor have I seen it really there's there's something else that I've seen uh, that I think kind of has been able to create that kind of arc, but it's very rare that you see a character arc done that well. And uh, because at the end of the the series, the main character is a evil bastard, but you're sympathizing with him. You're still upset when he's like, you know, when you think he's gonna, oh man, he's gonna go down, he's gonna die, and you're starting to feel like worried for him, even though this guy is a meth dealer who literally is like well, he's way more you know, how, you know he's just this crazy psycho but well now you know how i felt at the end of the uh the mob documentary on uh netflix bugging the mob after they all got arrested and one one of the mob bosses got whacked i was like this sucks i don't like this i've been kind of rooting for you the whole time well it's similar but i, I I feel like the average non-Italian person isn't going to have similar uh, predispositions for the mafia. Uh, but, uh, you know. Oh, man. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Man, this is the death of organized crime. This is awful. <laughs> Who's going to extort those mom and pop shops at the corners? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, who's going to run our... Um... Garbage management. systems now. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. It's it's a difficult task to to build that sort of. No. Um, that takes a lot of a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of not a lot of distractions. So you got to be honed in, know what you're doing. I mean, that, that show went for five seasons. It was quite a quite a story. But I don't know. I know this dystopia work. I'm uh, this dystopia novel I'm working on isn't very character heavy as of yet. I'm I'm still not really sure exactly what it'll be like, but I'm leaning towards making the world be the main character. If that makes any sense, but uh, no, it reminds me of that uh, that webinar I watched with the two authors that the Tampa Bay Times put on, and uh, one of the authors I can't remember which one said like they don't use sometimes they don't use characters they use like houses or the town to really kind of like drive the story forward and the characters are kind of the the protagonists or the sorry the characters are just secondary they're just kind of there to yeah the story forward that'd be interesting too yeah, like a view of a house or something oh i just gotta see it like that i just had i just had an no i just had an idea for a short story fucking house just pop what is it a talking house it might be a talking house <laughs> like in like in uh family guy yeah yeah i, I know exactly what you're talking about uh-huh um <laughs> but uh yeah I don't know. with my novel idea like what i really want to show is how the world changes and it's hard to do that with one single character unless they're 
Superman or uh, a traveling diplomat, I guess. So like I've, the idea is to, I don't know. I, I still don't know exactly how I'm going to do it. It's, but, you know, I want to be able to show the Americas, Europe, Asia, all the changes happening that are climate-based, but like there's also changing world order in like ongoing as well. So like, I kind of, I don't know, I'm, I'm afraid of going too big with this. So I kind of, I got to restructure it, but yeah, not a lot to say on it for now. Uh, well, that, that keeps everybody who's listening in like wait and wonder and anticipation of how good this is going to be when it comes out. Oh, I didn't get to come out this year. I can tell you that much. Well, then uh, I'm just going to have to suck it up and wait. At, at the earliest, I would say like maybe mid to late 2023. That would be my, my ETA on it. As I said, I want to finish uh, Fairly Human 3, the sequel to the book that is not in my camera view because I'm utilizing a Earth-based background. Yeah, I'm assuming it's Earth. It could actually be a... Uh, there it is. A planet that is livable but not Earth. But yeah, the sequel to that one right there. You know, so yeah. Once I'm done with that, I'll jump into it for, for uh, full-on production whatever but until that point i like this background i've always loved space but you're gonna hang out in space until that yeah. point some people get high with marijuana i get high by leaving earth's atmosphere yep okay so <laughs> i'm gonna make a sequel to that which i want well yeah book's gone um sequel should be out i think i probably said summer of this year uh I'm going to develop it as much as I can. And then like the moment that school is over, I'm just going to like try to knock it all out in a month. So shooting for around 200 pages. Let's see if it happens. I am a little skeptical, but we'll make it happen. Then we'll edit it. Not once, not twice, maybe three times. And then hopefully, hopefully June, July, I can put it out. Probably July 5th, I guess. So. And then, uh, so I have a year to try to do this dystopia novel before I go back to school. So, yeah. Those, those are good plans. I hopefully will have a novel in the next five years. That's all I got for you, people. <laughs> and That's all I got for you. There's a, there's a good quote by somebody that says, begin, the rest is easy. I mean, you know, it's... Uh, Is that not Gary Paulson? I don't believe so. No, he, he doesn't make said, many quotes anymore. Um, no, he's just, he said write, right? Huh? He just said you just got to write or something? Yeah, did maybe he did that? say... I, I honestly, I don't know. I, I, I have quotes in my head. I don't know who, who said them. I have a book of quotes. I was going to check that, but I guess I better just... Uh, go straight to the source, huh? Yeah. Right every day, every single day. No excuses, no exceptions. Okay, Keep your more. pen or your fingers on the keys moving. Don't worry about being good. Just get the words on paper. You can fix it later, but you can't improve what never made it to the page in the first place. Yeah. 
Yeah, a little bit more aggressive than he than I attended, but that works. What? I didn't expect his quote to be that kind of aggressive. Oh. I don't think he said that in an elegant way. Doesn't sound like he could. (laughs) See if we can find that. Uh, I have this really awesome book of quotes that uh, you can't really see. Damn it. We might a little spaced out over here, you know? Uh, there uh, it there is. There we go. Back to my, my group. So I got this fancy looking book, you know, which uh, it's actually it's a Bordeaux journal. The journal cover reproduces a gold tooled and painted binding of the Breviarium Romanum or Roman Breviary, the daily prayers described, prescribed by the Catholic Church, published by Claude Piquet and Lyon in 1556. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's a bunch of useless information. I thought it was a neat book at the time. I didn't realize it had religious undertones, but you know, so I got all these quotes in them. One of the quotes on here that I, I've always enjoyed is a quote from a character in Fallout New Vegas. And the guy says, Too many people have opinions and things they know nothing about. And the more ignorant they are, the more opinions they have. So true. So true. Let's see if I can find that quote. By all means, if you have any uh, commentary in the meantime. Didn't I, didn't one of my, uh, didn't a sentence from, or a quote from my prologue make it into that? Or did you just write it down on a piece of paper and then give it back to me and say it was good and then that was it? I have no idea what you're talking about. What, what quote was it? His day job was grave at best. That. Uh, what? What was those? What was those circumstances? Uh, what about that you, quote? You, you read it. You read the prologue, and then gave me. You handed it back. You gave it to me on a ripped piece of paper, and said, "I wrote this down because I liked it." And then I realized it was kind of well, comical at the same time. Well, okay. So I found it to be quite comical and quite hilarious for a number of reasons. Many of which I don't know if you want me to even talk about. But, uh, yeah, that, that was why. That's disappointing. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's a good I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I, no, I got, I got it. No, I'm just kidding. Here's an interesting quote from somebody named Norman Cousins. They say, death is not the greatest loss of life. The greatest loss of life is what dies inside us while we live. Okay, a lot of sad quotes in here. That's that that one. Here's, uh, here's an interesting quote. We are a sad generation with happy pictures. Okay. Okay. Before, I mean, before before you we end this little segment on Todd quotes, we might have to end it with a, a positive one. Oh, I'll have a positive one. But they're not my quotes. These are quotes from other people. Here's one from Barbara F. Walter. Eliminate the underlying conditions that make an extreme ideology expedient to embrace, and you eliminate the incentives elites and moderates have to back it. She wrote a bunch of stuff on civil wars. I actually have one of her books somewhere. She would have actually wrote a book about potential civil wars in America, or like not if there would be one, but if like like what kind of um, circumstances would need to exist. And yeah, yeah, yeah. She studied civil wars. 
for decades. And I learned about her in my conflict in the world class that I took like two years ago. That's what happened. You have any quotes that you like? Um, not from, I have a couple movie quotes, but uh, uh, they're not, one is not appropriate for, I mean, it's it's PG appropriate. It, it's kind of more inspirational for other things. Uh, well, here's a, a quote from F. Scott Fitzgerald. You know who that okay. is? Okay. I he know wrote that the is. Gatsby, I think. He did. Yeah. So he said, writers aren't people exactly. Or if they're any good, there are a whole lot of people trying so hard to be one person. I feel like you're going through, a, you know what this reminds me of is a senior high school yearbook, and you just go through the senior quotes and all these, these people yeah. picking out inspirational ones to try to. You know, and then you get the couple people who just have whatever, and then there's one that you have one or two that just have no no comment or no quote. <laughs> I mean, yeah, who are you? Uh, here's a here's another one. I don't know who whose quote this is. The initials are just A Y, but they say we are writers. We don't cry. We bleed on paper. That's good. You know how because you know, the idea of being no, like, I yeah, no, yeah, I got yeah. it. Yeah, I don't have I can't I don't have the one quote that I was looking for. I can't remember what the original quote I was looking for was. But yeah, on that note, um, I come to end these shenanigans. <laughs> well, people, hope you have enjoyed the show. We are. I think we didn't even the weather channel. We we didn't even mention that it's daylight. This is the first time in two weeks that we have yet to do. We haven't done it after dark, and those shenanigans episodes were much worse yeah after dark so i'm sure our listeners are fascinated by this news <laughs> uh, they couldn't figure it out yeah from the daylight yeah or if they're even still watching in which case you really are the mvp um yeah so um hopefully you enjoyed watching and or listening i mean if you're on spotify and you're hearing this episode you are the first person to listen on spotify in quite some time. Long time. So, That's not one of us. Yeah. I mean, I'd never listen to this crap. But <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and spread this content all over the world. Show it to your family. Send it to your friends. Even that uncle you don't talk to because they have really questionable political positions. Just send it to everyone. All right. We're desperate. Anyways, <laughs> thank you. Have a great day.